You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hi, everyone. Paul Lang back at you again from Discipline Trading Strategies with this podcast. This is number 23. It's called Boring is Best, or subtitled, if you will, Ordinary Moves. This is a huge topic for me, and I guess you can see how many things I think are huge topics because I'm on episode 23, and I'm still calling these one of the top topics you have to understand. Tells you what there is to learn in trading properly. Boring is best. The reason this is a big topic, and I think really a great one for a podcast, is because it explains at a very high level of thinking, if you will, the concept of what you're trying to do when you're trading. And I think most people get it wrong I'm the first one to say there's different ways to make money. There's some things that are just wrong. This maybe is more along the lines of an opinion of mine, but I think it's an opinion that I'm gonna be right on 99% of the time. My point is that there are traders that maybe do not use the concept of boring as best and perhaps they make money at it, but I think it's a very difficult road to take. Why would you go after the most difficult thing in the market? when there's easy trades sitting there in front of you all day long or all week long if you're a longer-term investor. Remember, it doesn't matter if you're day trading, if you're swing trading, if you're long-term, I'm all the above. And the techniques and the concepts of understanding technical analysis apply equally to all. It doesn't matter what you're doing or what time frame you're on. Here's what I'm getting at in this one. It's that most new traders are kind of like a kid in a candy store when they come to the market. They're looking for the flashiest things they have to trade crypto or they have to find that little biotech stock that had some news and gapped up from $1.50 to $2 and they think it's going to run to $5 because they just cured whatever new ailment is out there. The attraction is there because sometimes a big move happens. People look at some of these charts and they go, wow, look at that chart. It went from 3 to $10 in two days. Boy, if I could have had that with 10,000 shares, I'd be sitting pretty. And that's the way they think. They always think about what could have been and what they might be able to do, but without really understanding the odds of what's going on. Those moves are very rare, and more importantly, they're difficult to capture. Let me explain. The issue in trading is that you don't get any kind of prize money for finding a stock that had a big move. You get money by making money by taking a certain number of shares of that stock and being able to capture money when it moves in your direction and maybe not lose too much when it doesn't move in your direction. Maybe you can already see where I'm going with some of this. By the way, while this is a great podcast topic, it really does involve looking at some trades possibly. And of course, that's something that's not easy for me to do the podcast. But I did provide in the slide notes an example just from yesterday of a trade that I did that outlines this exactly. So as we're getting into this boring is best, and I'm going to talk about some things that don't work well, in my view, in the market what are the other things that don't work well? Well, they're all kind of opposite to the concept of boring is best. People trading with extremely tight stops because they think somehow that's the right way to do it. People tend to think if you have a really tight stop, it increases the reward to risk and you make more money. Theoretically true mathematically, but if you increase your stop outs five times more than they should be, you're not making money. And new traders are the least equipped to even understand when a tighter stop could perhaps be used. Tight stops are the enemy of traders, not something you should be seeking out. Traders love high volatility stocks, crypto and everything else because they see the big potential moves, not understanding 
that big moves don't guarantee big money. They like the crazy stock of the day that just had news or gapped up. They like following the high gainers and losers for the day list. They get crazy ideas about reward to risk that aren't realistic or maybe more importantly, don't actually make money for them. They're always playing breakouts because they feel every breakout's gonna run to the moon. And the truth of it is most breakouts, at least the way most traders view them, don't work because the market is more about return to the means than it is to having these remarkable moves. And when I say the market, I mean stocks in general. I don't mean the market per se. These traders often usually think that new highs are the best time to get into something. And the truth of it is that depending upon the chart pattern, new highs could be a shortable event. Some highs are sold into, some are bought. If you don't know the difference, you're not going to do very well just buying new highs blindly. So the opposite of that is just to be boring. And what do I mean by boring? It means to take and make your money from just the ordinary move that any stock has any day of the week. When you look back at a trade and you look at the daily chart and you look at it, you look and say, well, who made money on that? It's just this little tiny bar. Well, I'm the one that makes money on that because it's very reliable. If I'm making money from what I'm calling ordinary moves, it means that basically any stock I look at is a candidate to have enough of a move to make money. The question is just finding that precise entry and the exact relationship of what you want to the potential stop area and to your target areas. There are four real drawbacks to the traders who want to trade that high volatility stuff. Number one, that high volatility is attractive to traders because you think, hey, big target, it's gonna have a big move, okay. But to get that big move, the entry is difficult to find. The stock's moving all over the place, you're not sure where to get in, you maybe have to chase the entry. So you have a late entry, a wider entry. And the same thing with the stop. It's more difficult to place a stop because the stock is bouncing all over. You set a stop, it doesn't work. You got to keep it really wide in order to stay safe. So you have a choice, either put your stop in a reasonable area and understand you're going to stop out more than half the time or get your stop far away so you're safe. But then guess what? You have a late entry, a wide stop, and that big move is now neutralized by the fact that you have a very wide stop to entry area, which is gonna counteract that big move you have. Add to that the fact that you may have to try and trade the stock two or three times because you may stop out the first or second time because of the things I just mentioned. And here's the killer that really hurts most traders is that if you endure all that, if you find a reasonable entry, if you find a stop that holds and you do get a stock that has a big move, you know what most traders do with that big move? They take a small fraction of it because they chicken out for the whole move because maybe they tried it once or twice and they're down money. So they think, hey, I got my money back. I'm happy. And that's how they end up. So if you're going to go after these big moves, what sense does it make if you don't even make the money when you get that occasional big move? I'm just telling you the way things play out most of the time for most traders. To me, this is a senseless endeavor. It makes no sense to go after these crazy stocks. So many people tell me, oh, they have to trade crypto. They don't have any luck trading stocks, so they're going to switch to crypto. What a stupid comment. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's crypto, if it's crude oil prices, none of it matters. It's a chart. It's the same thing. If you can't trade a chart of AMD, the stock, you can't trade a chart of crypto. As a matter of fact, it'll be 10 times harder because crypto was more volatile. Yeah, you get bigger moves, but guess what? All the things I just mentioned make it tough to make money. Now, what I'm saying applies to day trading, to scalping, to swing trading, to long-term investing. It doesn't matter. It's all relative. 
in order to get a big move on a weekly chart, you got to have a really big stop and endure some tough moves on a very volatile stock. Same thing day trading. If you're on a five-minute chart, you have to have a wide stop relative to the chart in order to try and capture that bigger move. And you have that chance of stopping out a lot more often. Now, there's another category that traders seem to kind of mix up in their minds, and that is to say, oh, I just really love the idea of having crypto. You know what? Just as a concept, as a soft concept, having nothing to do with trading or making money, I like crypto. I think it's going to be around for a while, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to make money trading it day to day. If you like crypto, take some crypto, put it away in account, and don't look at it for five years. There you go. What I like to tell traders to do is when they have a special bug about something, they went, to, they went to a restaurant and they didn't like it, they go to Olive Garden, they didn't like it, so they want a short DRI or whoever owns Olive Garden. You know what, have a little fun account, just with some small shares where you play out your little fantasies and see how it works out. But this is not how you make your bread and butter living. So if you want some crypto and you wanna throw it in a fun account because you think it's going higher, great. But that's a speculative account. That's what it's called. It has nothing to do with making money day to day from watching a chart or from understanding what's going on. I think crypto is a hard thing to do on a day to day basis because it's so volatile. Put some away if you want to, but day to day, let's go back and just make money from getting ordinary moves on stocks that are easy to capture. It's all in the math when you think about it. Picture a $50 stock that's going to have a 50 cent move one day. I find an entry on it and I'm going to risk $500 as a day trade. I find a nice little precise entry. The stock is trading very nicely. It has good volume. And I find an area where I can get in and I'm comfortable that I'm going to give the stock 25 cents leeway the other way. In other words, 25 cents stop. Well, that means I can take 2,000 shares because a 25 cents stop, if it doesn't work, when I exit the trade, 25 cents times 2,000 shares is my $500 risk amount. We call that our R unit. So if I make my trade and the stock moves 50 cents, I made $1,000 and I did that with a 1% move in the stock, which the typical $50 stock, every stock will do that every day. So it's just a matter of finding the entry and the exit. You know the move is guaranteed. Show me a $50 stock that doesn't move 1%, 50 cents in a day. They all do, virtually all of them. Now take the other trader that likes to trade the crazy stuff. So he goes after a $5 stock that has some news announcement or something. And this stock ends up having a 10% move. 50 cents. Wow, that's 10 times a bigger move than I had on my stock. So he's going to make 10 times the money, right? Well, not likely. First of all, if the stock has a 50 cent move, you're not going to get every penny of that move. And let's say you do a really good job and you get 30 cents of it. Great. But the odds are, if the stock is that crazy, you probably needed a 20, 25 cent stop to get into it, which means that you made only one and a half times what you risked at best. So you end up with $700. And that's assuming you did the trade correctly in one try. It's much more likely you're going to have multiple stopouts compared to me, so maybe you had to take two tries, and now you barely made any money at all. But yet most traders try to reach for those flashy things because they think that it's easy, and they're really going for the very rare home run. And when they get the home run, they normally don't even walk the bases, so to speak, because they give it up for a smaller amount of profit anyhow. When you're doing a boring move, it's much easier to get to the target because you know it's going to get to the target that day sometime. It's just a matter of if you handle it right. Because a very small, ordinary move, by definition, is going to happen every day. How do you get that move? How do you make money from a small move? It's easy. You short the high of the day and expect to make money if the stock drops. Here's a concept for you. If you short the high of the day, you can never lose money. Now, it's not always easy to do that. 
If you buy the low of the day, you can never lose money. So that's what you have to look for. Now you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, Paul, I've been told by traders that you, you're not supposed to find the highs or the lows. Well, those traders are idiots. That's exactly what we do. How do you make money if you don't short the high or buy the low? Now, of course, I'm talking about inside of a time frame. I'm not talking about trying to buy the ultimate low on a daily chart that's free falling. That's where that saying comes from, and that does make a lot of sense. But on a daily chart that perhaps is going sideways, going up a little bit, whatever it is, you make money by shorting what turns out to be the high of the day, if you can, or buying the low. It's very simple to do. There's other ways you can do it, but these are the easiest ways. That's where you get the most money. If you want to, take a look at the slide note. Now, if you're driving, don't look at the slide note until you get somewhere safe. But take a look at this slide note because it just gives you an example of exactly what I've been talking about. And this is a trade. And again, I don't go back in history to find unique trades. This is just from yesterday. I did this in the DTS trading room. Several people who ever wanted to were able to participate along with me. But it's from AMD. AMD had less than a 1% move that day. You can see in the top right of the slide, if you're looking at it, that's the daily chart. And that little tiny red bar, it's probably one of the smallest red bars on the chart. That's the day I made my money. This is a short. Just a little bit to the left, you can see the numbers. The trade was entered at 940 in the morning. It was. It's divided into two lines because the trade was taken in two different targets. The entry under 147.89, stop over 148.90. First target taken around 10 o'clock at 147.02. Second target taken around 11 o'clock at 148.91. Overall, almost a two-hour trade, twice what I risked. All happened inside of 90 minutes. Take a look at the chart. That simple. Short in the area that you have a great strategic concept to. Now, I'm not going into the strategy here. There's a lot that goes into that, as I've said in all these podcasts. There's no such thing as teaching a setup or a strategy. You have to learn how to read a chart, and then all of this stuff comes very easy. To me, this was a great short on AMD that day. I actually got in a little bit late. You can see I get in kind of not right off the top, but a little bit below. Short, target one, target two. You can see in that chart on the bottom left, the five-minute chart. Simple, piece of cake, moves like that every single day. Now, I'm not saying that I can pick up any chart and say, okay, well, this is going to have a small move. I'll make my money. I have to look for very specific charts where I know where I can likely get in near the high of the day to short or near the low of the day to get long. That's what my quest is every day to look at. And as a matter of fact, it's only about 3% of the charts I look at that I would even have an attempt or a clue to know what to do. And this gets back to probably the topic for maybe another podcast, which is the concept of the market is nothing but random moves. I agree with that. For the most part, the market is a lot of random moves. What my job is, as a trader to do, is to find those stocks that are not random moves, that are jumping out and saying, hey, I've hit an area, I just can't go higher. Hey, I've hit an area, I just can't go lower. And they stand out and can't help but show that to me in several different ways based on technical analysis and how I've learned to read a chart. Any chart you show me, I could give you great comments on it and all kinds of real intelligent sounding things. And if this happens and that'll happen and blah, blah, blah. But 97 charts you show me out of 100, I'm not going to want to take a trade on because I don't see the setup that I want to see. 3% of the charts I probably have, hey, that's a chart I really like. Let's put it on the screen. But then I have to find an entry that makes sense, a confirming type of entry. I also have to find the right market timing, the right market bias. All the stuff has to come together, and that's how you get great odds in trading. When you compare what I do to what the average newer trader does, it's just a world of difference. The average newer trader is going without any kind of odds whatsoever, just kind of a hope and a prayer. 
They get some trades right because they typically are bullish all the time and they get a bullish streak in the market and they feel great. But then, of course, they give it all back times five when the market corrects or goes the other way if they're trading in one direction. Understanding how to read a chart means you are timeless. It doesn't matter if the market's up or down or sideways because it's all part of what you do. And part of what I do also is to look for these unique things where it's just this little moment in time where it's going to drop from here to here. You take the right share size, you make your money, and you move on. That's what trading is to me. So again, take a look at the slide note when you get a chance. If you have any questions, always feel free to email me. You should see my email in that slide note and other places on this podcast area. Every Thursday, you get a new podcast. Be sure to subscribe if you like these. This is Paul for DTS. Good trading, everybody. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.